Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. How we doing, everyone? I apologize that we are late. It is 100% my fault. But then again, you're going to see me wince in pain through this podcast because I'm getting some sort of game-type feedback through this headset. I haven't gotten bought any, bought any new equipment yet. I'm using old stuff, and I don't know how I'm getting some sort of feedback through here, but it nearly blew my head clean off a moment ago when I was talking to Paddy. So that's why we were late. I was trying to fix it. So um, if you do see me wince in pain, it's not due to any of Paddy's brilliant takes. It's uh, probably just because I get this big screeching noise through my headset. But anyway, less of that. I'm going to be supping on hot whiskeys while Paddy does his review today. I've came prepared. I have my, oh, Jesus, nearly spilled it all over everything. I've got my flask. I've got my Jemison. And I have my sugar. And I have my lemon with cloves pre-prepared also. So uh, I'm going to sit back just like you lads. I'm going to enjoy this. Because uh, today we're doing a Paddy's a Paddy's <laughs> half a Paddy's half year um our half year review, which uh I'm actually really looking forward to. Anyway, Paddy, I feel like I haven't spoken to you in ages. How are you doing? I'm good. Not too bad. Yeah. Getting there. Getting there is right. Yeah, we've we've a quiet week since we were playing so early on Friday evening, so that's why it feels so long since we, we've been doing uh doing a podcast but uh yeah we've had a, we've had a bit of news you did two podcasts about two one podcasts. player i think did you yeah about john <laughs> duran exactly yeah yeah, yeah. someone and he's, he seems he's he's flying or he flew to birmingham or he's on his way to birmingham today to do medicals and sign contracts and whatever else make sure that he gets his uh his visa waivers or whatever they are um all sorted out here and then he's hightailing it back to um to the under 20s for columbia which where they've got an absolutely ridiculous schedule, Paddy. Paddy, did you see the schedule? Now, my timekeeping isn't the best, as you've seen today, but <laughs> they play two games in less than 48 hours. Yeah. But they're only like young lads. It's under 19s. 
I know, Paddy. I, I remember still... going back to going to tournaments at under nineteen level and playing five games in a week and and not knocking a store out of you. Like so, so they're they're fine. Don't worry about that. I know they're, I know they're a bit less now than uh, than um, what they were back in them days. But even at that, two games of forty eight hours is tough going, considering it's international. It's Copa America, isn't it? It's under nineteen Copa America, under twenties. Really... Yeah, under twenty yeah. South American Championships, and it's. Uh... Yeah. So essentially, yeah. So like, there's four games in eight days. Like it's 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 a bit like Villa after forking out eighteen million for a player, and he's got four games in eight days before he ever throws on the Villa shirt. Like, wouldn't it? Uh, no, I'm not even going to say no, it. I'm not even going to say it. I'm not even going to say it. I'm not even going to say it. The most yeah. important thing he can do now is go and light up that championship and come back towards full of yeah. beans. And uh, so just just like Emmy Martinez, go and win the bloody thing. That's what he yeah. should do now. Absolutely, and, uh, absolutely. He'll have everybody else jealous that they didn't get their hands on him before we did. But uh, yeah, it looks like a decent signing. Um, we obviously don't know what the what the feeling is um, with with the management team. Is he being bought for the future? Is he being bought for the now? I seem to think he'll be bought for the now, and they'll give him a try. I, you know, the, the guy is is a young man, but an absolute beast of a young man. Lovely first touch, uh, can score a goal, can hold the ball up, um, very skillful. Uh, reminds me of a young Christian Benteke, as I've said to you before. I, I, I just, yes, I agree with you, but you're just after saying something that's after make me think of something that that um that that somebody DM me today, and I went back and I watched some of his stuff on on Wise Scout. And they made the comparison of Nicholas Nelka, and I initially didn't get it. And I, maybe it was only because it was planted in my mind today. But when I went back mm. and I looked at him, I went, there was a couple of finishes where he just opened his body, and I went, oh, Benteke never did that. Mm. Benteke never opened his body like that, you know. And, and yeah, it's, it's difficult it's to tell whether he's as quick as an Elka, but definitely, oh, definitely yeah. the skill is there and, and the finishing is there. So, yeah, there's, there's, it's, it's all bright, it's all good news. And, Hopefully we'll see more good news towards the end of the week. It looks like we're big in the runner for Gwendozy, so we'll 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 have to wait and see how that yeah yeah it's, it's, through it's, over the next few days. Yeah, um, that was something. That was actually something that just came out there. There was a French show, the Young Cast Green. I'm seeing Young Cast Green or Young Hefty vibes. Oh, I'm gonna need more hot whiskey, Paddy. I think I'm gonna have to have a couple of cold ones on top of the hot ones. I think to get over those those two thoughts. Although. Yeah, we there used to be a running joke in Ireland that Cascarino had to take his he- teeth out before he could head the ball. Um and that's you knew he scored that he would his celebration was that he was gonna have to put his teeth back in. Um but uh yeah. Neil, I, th- I think we've uh, we've put people out of kilter here. They're all talking about your chair and my chair. You're up yeah, higher. Chair, I'm, a, I'm up higher. Yeah, I'm up higher because I'm using I'm I'm using the webcam on a, on a laptop <laughs> at the moment, which is at a different height. Usually, my webcam is over here, and that's why normally when you see the podcast, I'm kind of like this when I'm talking to you. But I'm getting a face on here now, um, so I should. Uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I, I I vacated this room for a couple of days, and my young lad is. Uh, doing exams and there's just stuff everywhere so i've had to tilt my camera up so that's why you can see my ceiling (laughs) it was either that or clean up and i hadn't got the energy i'll come back here will i and i'll i'll broadcast from back here so i have a bit more headspace um i can't my arms aren't uh my arms aren't long enough um my arms aren't long enough there yeah um uh jamie jamie waters says 
Jimmy Waters says, Her Duran will have problems with work permit. Need 15, he has 10 in the under 20 tournament. Columbia will give him another three, still too short. I don't think so because of Columbia, Columbia are like 17th in the world. And um, I, I think I read somewhere that by the coefficient and by actually the new um, Brexit laws about uh, work permits uh, for Brexit, that he'll actually make it based on uh, Colombia being in the last World Cup, even though he didn't play for Colombia in the last World Cup. I, I think there's something there. It's, it's, it's a bit weird at the moment with regards to it. And it's a kind of a bit of... From what I could tell anyway, that they could that the club could make an impassioned plea and it's likely to be... Um, Accepted. To be given. So um, yeah. it's it's a little. It's actually a lot more difficult to get a work permit from the EU now than it is from South America. Um, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I'm trying to figure out because I'm I'm thinking that it's because I've got two pop filters on my mic that I'm getting feedback on okay. my monitor. Maybe that's the case. Work to try anyway. Yeah, but apparently it's easier to get a, a work permit from from further afield than it is from the EU at the moment, which is why in Ireland we're seeing a lot of our young kids going to the continent as opposed to the old yes. days when everybody went to the UK. Yeah. So that all of those things need to be ironed out so so people can start moving freely again. And uh, yeah, that might take a bit of time. Who knows? We we might uh, we might have a rerun of Brexit before that happens again. Oh Jesus, Patty! No, there's the royal family the last time, and Brexit this time. We're definitely going to be cancelled. You know, you do know that sixty six percent of our uh, of our our listenership comes from the UK, Patty. I forgot to tell you that, did I? Sixty six percent, and they're they're a good sort. They're a good I sort over there. Guessing something, I wasn't peddling <laughs> anything. Well, well, we haven't even gotten onto our review, our review of the year yet, and I'm already going tipping into my second one. But um, this is to try and kill this cold, guys. I'm telling you, I've never had a cold for as long. We're in the 17th of January, and it was the 26th of November. And the reason I know the exact date that I came down with this cold was because it was the night that we were starting doing that play I was acting in, that, that acting gig that I was doing. And the night that we were starting, I went, lads, I feel like a train is after kicking, is after hitting me from behind. And uh, things haven't changed much since. So I do apologize if my voice is a couple of octave, octaves lower. But um, we, we've got a couple of questions there. Do you know what? We hit a couple of questions that are in there. because There's a couple of good questions there. And we can, yeah. there's some sure. games we're not, I, I can't imagine you're going to spend too long on the Bournemouth game uh, to start the season, Paddy, anyway. So <laughs> I think PTSD might, might kick in at that stage, you know. But there are a couple of questions there. There was one question I, I, I'd, I, I don't know a whole pile about it. Okay, but I'm going to bring up the question here and we'll talk about it. Where's Kevin Walsh? Uh, Kevin Walsh asks about the BK8 sponsorship deal. The Supporters Trust released a very strong statement in, in opposition to it, and rightly so. So is the good feeling growing around the club. Um, Paddy, I'm going to let you take a, take this one first because, uh, I, as I say, I'm very unknowledgeable about this whole sponsorship deal. Well, we're all very unknowledgeable about it because it's only rumoured. And in fairness... To all, all of the supporters groups, I, I I absolutely agree with them that this this is not a line we should be going down in the future. On the other hand, we need money, so where does that come from? for For a lot of for a lot of clubs, is it's true advertising of uh, gambling companies. I think nearly everybody either has it on their sleeve or on their jersey. Obviously, I'd rather not. I'd I'd rather see us with with a lovely kazoo or. Whoever media copiers are, you know, one of those Headbridge. traditional sponsors, let's call them, then to have to have to be talking about this. But uh, we don't know how true it is. But it was right of the 
if if people felt strongly about it, I I agree with them that they should speak up and say so. I do have my feelings on it too. I'd rather I'd rather not have that sponsorship of or, or rather not have a gambling company sponsoring us. Um, and that's that's about all I have to say about it, to be honest. And you know, fair play to the guys for releasing that statement, and hopefully, the club yep. will take notice of it. I think my my limited knowledge of this is. It seems to be less the gambling element, albeit that there is a push to, to from the sporters club. And, and um, I, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to pin, pin my colors to the mask. I think there can be ethical, uh, um, there like there can be ethical gambling and stuff like that. Obviously, sir, it is a horrible, a horrible habit when people pick it up, and it is an addiction. And it does ruin families and stuff like that. And I want to be completely um, conscious of that. But I think it's less the gambling aspect and more the pornographic yeah. side of it if yes. i'm not mistaken and, and somebody put me up in this as i say because i'm i'm i've i've kind of shut it out because I, I i don't know a whole pile about it and it's not that i haven't gone to look about it i just haven't had time just haven't had time um but i i, I think it's fair for everybody to i think it's fair for everybody to always be at the stage now whereby when the trust have put out a statement that the club probably should have mentioned something by now, even if to say that we haven't concluded negotiations or X, Y, and Z, because the worst thing that can happen now is that this kind of leaves the news cycle over two or three weeks mm. and then just gets announced. That'll sour things for quite a lot of people, I think. So It could do. And I just want to bring up this comment from, from Michael Huggins. It says, I think the directive on gambling sponsorship needs to come from so the Premier League. And, to be honest with you, Michael, the reason why this hasn't really resonated with me over the last few days is that I was under the opinion that this was going to come for next season, that we wouldn't have gambling sponsorships yeah. on the shorts. So now, how how that, when when you've got Sky Sports who basically run football and live football... In, Sky in, Bet. Like, they have Sky Bet. So, you know, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of sponsorship gone in there. All the leagues below are the Sky Bet Championship, the Sky Bet League yeah, One. Aren't yeah, they? I yeah. forgot about that. Yeah, so there's, there's a lot going on that will need to be sorted out. So, you know, I, do, I think we'll just have to wait and see what happens. But I, I, we know that that statement has come out. We know there's people who aren't fussed either way and are just happy that we're getting sponsorship in. And we know that people that think very strongly about it. I, w- I would be on the ladder. Um, I, I would prefer if we didn't have any gambling sponsorship at all, but that's just my opinion. Mo- yeah. a lot of pe- a lot of people wouldn't agree with that, but uh, yeah, I've I've seen I've seen gambling destroy lives, d- destroy families, people lose their houses. It there's a whole lot that can go wrong when when people don't gamble responsibly. So if if you can keep that out of the mainstream, I think it's even better. Um. Yeah. I. I. I'm of the opinion that I wouldn't like to see it. Look, it wouldn't be my first first opinion to have it on the front of the shirt. Um. But I also think that if the if every if other clubs are going to be raking in three four million for a sleeve short sleeve sponsorship, and that's a overinflated. Yeah. I. I know that's overinflated when I said three or four million. If other clubs are going to be are going to be getting like even two three million or something like that a year for having it in the site, sometimes you got to play the game. 
Um, now it doesn't have to be the prominent one across the shirt. Like I'm not expecting us to be to have three six bet three six five or to go back to uh, thirty two red or genting or any of those across the front of, front of the jersey. And I don't think it should be there because, as I say, there's plenty of other t- other um, sponsorship opportunities out there that will sponsor you. But once again, we, when we're kind of waiting in the mid table of the Premier League where we are, we can get what we can get and we can we can call a price, but we can't throw all the babies out with all the batwater, if that makes sense, you know? And that's why you can kind of look at the likes of maybe at, <clears throat> at Chelsea, for want of a better word, um, Yokohama across the front of the jersey, Samsung across the front of the jersey, and, st- and, and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes we, like, I would love for, I'd love for Cabris, if Cabris had, had the money to throw three or four million, or five million, or six million, or ten million, and Aston Villa, I think it would be a lovely connection back. I've always wanted, I've always thought the Cadbury's logo would look superb on the front of the Villa shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, or Bourneville, probably even more so across the front of the shirt. But maybe that, maybe that, maybe they, they obviously don't have that money to throw at sponsorship. But um, it's an int- it's a quandary. It's something that I'm glad I'm not involved in. It's something that I know that the that the commercial side in the club will probably um, will probably uh, sometimes have to grin and bear certain things that, that come through because they have their their task, their job number one is to keep the money flowing into the club. But with this one, I would have to say for the pornographic nature of some of the advertising that's, that's been had, I would be a harsh no on the BKA myself. And yeah, it's it, we're, like it's difficult at the moment because it's rumored it hasn't been ratified or anything like that. So don't really want to go in two footed. I'm a big believer in not worrying until you have to worry. Um, uh, I'm a big believer in that. Uh, yeah. But if the BKA comes in, I'll be looking for some serious answers as to why and how people were able to look the other way for certain things, considering mm. Norwich made such a big song and dance about it, and rightly so. Yeah, Norwich were being offered five and a half million a year in the Championship. So if you extrapolate that on the Premiership levels, maybe BK were offering like mega money. But like, I, I think that there has to come a moralistic standpoint with regards to that, specifically when we have a women's team, specifically when we have. A lot of, you know, we have a big push at, at the moment in, in, in the UK. We're after the Lionesses winning the winning the um winning honors recently. You know, it kind of seems a bit hollow to take something like that, you know. But anyway, that's that that's my view on it. And that's my less than principle stand. And and there's worse rumors out there than this one. There's there's a there's an, an actual porn site rumored to want to sponsor the new Everton Stadium. <laughs> so, yes. so imagine what that would be like having to go to a, a live streaming porn channel stadium, whatever, then I don't know, but I wouldn't even justify it with the name if I knew the name, but you yeah. know, it would it will be a, a, an absolute backward step if, if you went down that line. But look, we'll, we'll worry about it when it happens, if and when it happens. And, and hopefully by something, by this coming out, you know, you might, you might get another company that would come along and say, Oh, hang on a minute, the fans aren't happy. I might get this deal a little bit better. Let's go and see what we what Aston Villa wants for this deal, and then we'll find out if the deal is done or not because they, they will have to say something on it. So that's my hope. Yeah. Anyway, 17 minutes in. We've taken some good questions there. Um, we might even get onto your review, Paddy. We might hold on to your review. Yeah, sure, we keep going to questions. We have, yeah, we might have to do it. Actually, you know, like, it's completely up to you because, as I said, this is going to be the Paddy podcast for sure. And um, was going to go down through every game, 1 to 19. Um, <clears throat> like, do, do you want to do that? Or do you want to maybe pick your three best, three worst? 
from the from the year so far maybe in a bridget that way maybe talk about i suppose because it's difficult it, the more more i thought about this after we agreed to do it today i went there's there's going to be a heavy before unai and after unai um yeah we'll, we'll situation we'll do, to this we'll do, you know we'll do best three best best uh worst so and uh obviously we know that unai Emery has uh has changed the yeah the whole outlook here and 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 look He's still in the still one of his results is going to be in the worst three, so we'll 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 do three, two, one. That's fair enough. Um, yeah. Because my three worst actually straddle the three managers that we had. So at number three, we have the Stevenage result. Um, we've talked about that at nauseum, so I'm not going to talk about it anymore. At number two, I'd have the result against Newcastle under Aaron Danks. I thought that single-handedly was one of our worst performances of the season. And then our worst performance of the season was against Bournemouth at the start of the season under Steven Gerrard. So that's they're, they're the three worst for me. Um, funnily enough, the three best also straddled the three managers. Um, the two managers. We've only had... Oh, no, we haven't. We've had three <laughs> managers. Yes, sorry, sorry. Um, so I've lost my trail of thought there, Neil. You're no, you haven't. Me, you have to catch me out. You so, haven't. Uh, at number three... I have the game against Everton. What? Really? The two yeah. one against Everton. You had yeah. that one of the best games this. Now I'm interested. Hold on a minute. I'm gonna store my. I'm gonna store my uh my hot drink. So uh, now you've sparked my interest, Patrick. <laughs> well, Everton. Okay. Yes. The re- The reason Tell I've me. chosen. The reason I've chosen that one is. That we we were we were dropping into a serious situation after losing to Bournemouth, losing to Everton. It became bigger. That would have made it become bigger than Steven Gerrard. And all of a sudden, we were sitting at the bottom of the table on zero points after a few games. That I couldn't handle. So it was a very important game that we bounced back. Very tough conditions. I was at the match myself. It was 36 degrees, I think, inside the stadium that day. Um, all the fans were dehydrated. So I can only imagine how hard it was for the players. So uh, yeah, that's that's the reason I have I have it in what? there. What was it ever? Was it Everton game or was it the Southampton? I think it was the Everton game that the people were saying, "God, that was an awful game." Thanks be to God that you know that 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 game's over with. And then the Southampton game came along, and it was like, "Oh my God, I didn't think a game could get any worse than the Everton the game." game was the worst this... one, wasn't it? It was the Southampton oh, game. That the... was... I actually didn't know. think the Southampton. I thought it was hyperbolic. This uh, this um, they were ki- went in kicking and screaming against the Southampton game. Southampton game was a game I pretty much expected. Two teams that with two managers who were like, "Listen, will we shake hands and play out uh, an uh, Ireland versus Netherlands nil all draw?" Uh, the job in the <laughs> you know yeah. uh, you kind of agree beforehand because both of us are going to get sacked in the morning if 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 we don't lo- if we don't win. So um, yeah, that that was but yeah, look look hey hey hey. Hey, Everton, you've Everton in there. Fair play. I just think that was a very important win for us and it would have, it would have went the other way completely for Everton. Um, and then, uh, you know, I, I'm going to overlook the 4-0 win against Brentford. I think that was a one-off as we saw the following week we lost 4-0 to, to Newcastle under Aaron Danks. But uh, for me, at number two is the 2-0 win against Spurs on New Year's Day. And obviously, the highlight of the season is beating Man United 3-1 at home. Yes. So, you may call that a, a bit of bias because there are three games I was at. So, 
Well, <laughs> it could possibly be the point. But I, 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 I stand over picking the Everton game in there because for me in the stadium that day, I felt a little bit of the doom lifted. And I think if 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 Gerard had gone out and lost his last five, we'd be fighting a very different battle than we are now. And that that's probably fair enough. I I, I think there was so many mischances. Oh, I said the last five, the first five is what I mean. First five, yeah. yeah. But but I I think I think we we lost so many chances early early doors under under Gerard. Um, you know what? I probably think that Gerard probably would have still gotten the, like if Una Emery was available and that they were if they were courting him. In, and it seems they were courting him for like two, three, four, five weeks out from when they sacked Gerard. I think if they got a sniff that he was available and the way that other managers fell during the year, I think they could have got rid of Gerard regardless. Mm. Maybe. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it. I think they could have got rid of Gerard regardless because after the Bournemouth game, <clears throat> you know, fan, fan, the, the, the fan opinion had turned hugely. And that's yeah. why I say there's a before Emery and an after Emery because... God, Paddy, there were some games we were doing team sheet tantrums here. And, and 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 this is no slight on anybody in the chat because we were the same before we came on. We were like going, okay, let's try and put a positive spin in this. Let's let's be all happy and jolly. And let's 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 try and find a reason as to why everybody should tune into this game today. And it's not our job to do that, but as uh, me, I, I will always try and uh, try and try and, uh, and lick the lick the sugar off the top of the donut, you know. That's the way I do, you know, that's the way I am. I always like to try and try and, and, and see the See, see the best, the best side of things, um, because I just find it easier to, like, I, I, I prefer to get mad in the ninety minutes that I'm watching the game and then try and let it wash over me. There's been times, obviously, this year where I haven't, and then uh, I haven't been able to because, uh, you know, just sometimes I just find the team frustratingly frustrating. <laughs> but that's the that should be instead of prepared, it should be frustratingly frustrating. Should be underneath the um, should be underneath the crest. But hopefully, that's all going to change. So, if you don't mind, Paddy, and I know I told everybody here that this would be uh, three best, three worst from Paddy, um, and we can maybe go into other game, other 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 games, maybe that just spring to mind for yourself there. But my my three worst, and I have to be really honest, the Fulham game, I watched after the event, and oh my god, it was worse watching it knowing the score. It was it was it was even worse. Watching would some you, of the calamity that happened in, in the footing, that would be an honourable mention. It, it's an honourable mention because of the performance, but the mm. fact it meant that we got the manager change, yes, is actually, is actually has the opposite opinion in my head that he's gone. Everybody was happy to see him go, so for that reason, I I, I didn't get too low about that game at all. And we got it. We got our answer very quick that he was gone, yeah. which was great. And that's actually let's talk about that game. And the reason I wanted to bring it up was because. You know, that was a game whereby it could have been, we could have been a huge laughing stock um, around the league. I won't say that we got to the levels, and this isn't me having a kick at Everton. I like, Everton is a football team. I love the history of Everton. I've been to Goodison Park more than, that's the that's the other ground I've been to more than I've been, uh, 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 sorry, that's the, the ground I've been to most other than Villa Park is Goodison Park. I really... It's look, it is what it is, and they're going to get their new stadium. I like everything. I don't like how they're behaving right now. I don't think we would have ever gotten to that stage. But to sack a player, to sack a manager, literally in the in 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 the corridor on his way in, no, and say, knowing, hey, that had, knowing that he had to get on the bus back to Birmingham. Yeah, with the yeah, players. yeah. Like the whole hand going, hey, hey, Steve, Stevie, 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 Stevie. <laughs> before you go into before you go into talk lads, there, yeah. Um, it's not you. It's me, right? Uh, <laughs> no, no hard feelings. No, right. it was all, it was all him. No hard, no hard, <laughs> it was no hard all feelings. Him. 
Yeah. <laughs> right. Listen, we give you a lift home. We give you a lift home. And yeah, go on, go on, go on. Tell the boys that they're great. Excellent. Perfect. You know, like that, that's ballsy to do that. And and you may call it hot headed. And it probably was hot headed in the moment, considering we found out that Swearis literally got up at half time and took the door off the hinges on his way in from his uh, from his box at Craven Cottage. And to be honest with you, that could have rattled the whole stand in Craven Cottage. <laughs> no one how old that stand is. But uh, look, fire and brimstone sometimes brings out uh, it, it can it can bring rash thoughts or it can bring, it can bring moments of clarity as well. And I think that in the aftermath, um, the clarity came and 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 you can see what good business people Wes Edens and and, and Nassif Swearis are from the point of view of like we all heard Unai Emery, we all heard Unai Emery was going to be the man that was going to or, or maybe the man that was going to come in. But all of us were also thinking there was a small bit of Sean Dyche somewhere in the background that might have been just nibbling away at the back of our heads. Like, so they saw their man, they went and they got him. And 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 the Pochettino rumors and stuff like that, uh, maybe they were true. And, and, and if they did go for Poch, I'm not even sure that I would have wanted Poch over Unai, considering I've now seen Unai in action for six weeks. And I know the try before you buy kind of thing aspect with Unai over the last six weeks has been pretty. It's been it's, there's a lot of allure uh, with Unai, and maybe we would have had it with Patch, but like even that little post of him looking out, and I know it's pure PR, and I know he probably didn't even post it himself on Instagram, but that little poach, that little post looking out, looking out the window of Villa Park, and going at the very end, hashtag addicted to Villa. Like we all fall for it, and we all love it, and I'm here for more of it. And mm. Why don't I have a T-shirt that says hashtag addicted to Villa on it for sale at the moment? <laughs> I have no idea. But that's because I'm not a good businessman like Wes Edens and that's it's where and that's why we have Una Emery. So bring a full circle back from my rant after two hot toddies and a half um, is that the Fulham game, could we put it in one of our best games as opposed to one of our worst games, Paddy? <laughs> well, the, the, that's, that, that's the whole point I'm making because, because it meant the manager was gone. That's why I have no opinion on the game itself. The, the game itself was irrelevant. We all got what we wanted. And I think we're in a much brighter position than we ever imagined we'd be when, when Gerard left. Um, I know we had that great one hit wonder under Danks, as I, as I mentioned. That was, that was you know, a great result against Brentford. Mm. Um, I think there was, a, there was an element of, uh, you know, a bit of relief around the stadium that day that, that you know, that it was no longer Gerard, and we were looking up and we were after winning 4-0, but then we got, out and got spanked by Newcastle the following week, and that's absolutely fine. Um, I want to I go back to what, what, you, uh, what you just said about Emery's thing. Rachel says, I believe Emery wrote that. I he could have, yeah, yeah. I actually do myself. Anyone you ever speak to about Unai Emery, football to him is an addiction. He, He's he Basque as well breathes football he is totally immersed in every club or anything he's ever done football wise over the years anyone you speak to I can tell you that all that Arsenal stuff has really really hurt and affected him and he is only just happy to get a second pot of this a second shot at this and he is definitely not going to let us down he will give it everything he can I, I've no doubt and I've no doubt that he wrote all those words. And it, it did give me a, a little warm, fuzzy feeling when I read it. it did. And isn't it fantastic? Is it, 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 it's We talked about connection. being The connection with the fans was lost very quickly with Gerard. And do you know what? Probably it was because he sat in the stands for every single one of their Champions League games, the Liverpool Champions League games. Look, 
I don't, I don't, dis- like, I, I don't, I, I can't fire a stone at him from the point that at the end of the day, he's a Liverpool fan, he's a Liverpool legend. But my big problem here is that go away and manage, poor, go away and manage Poland and sit in the stand every time. But when you're an Aston Villa, when you're the Aston Villa manager, or even when you're the Rangers manager, it's fine. Sit and sit in the, there's no direct competition, it's absolutely fine. But there's always going to be that question when you face Liverpool from an Aston Villa fan is, does he really want to win it? Does he really want to win this game? And obviously yeah. he does, because why would he shoot himself in the foot? Yeah. But you're, if you're going, if you're, like if you're going to put yourself in that position where your ideas are going to be questioned, and look, as you said, football is an addiction. It's an addiction. To, Liverpool's an addiction for him. Liverpool dragged him up off his bootstraps. That boy, that boy has everything, owes everything he has, owes every single thing he has to Liverpool. Mm-hmm. And fair play to him. And I completely understand why he was in the stadium. But that doesn't that doesn't butter any parsnips for me as an Aston Villa fan, and it never will. So, if I if I literally just eject myself from the Aston Villa fandom, I'll say, do you know what? I love Ian Taylor stands in the halt or, or or sits in the halt. I love Tony Daly takes your seat sometimes. I love the fact that you know all these play- fellas come back, and I know when Jack Grealish is not playing for Man City, I know he loved to be in the in, in the in in the whole thing. Or he loved to be it, it, probably in a box for Jack to be honest with you. Uh, Mark Albrighton, uh, if I'm not mistaken, the Championship playoff game, he was at the playoff game in amongst the yeah. fans as a fan. You know, mm-hmm. I love that, and that's absolutely fantastic. And I would never want any play, any I'd never want any person to be to have that taken away from them just because they're 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 a player. But there's a time and a place. There's a time and a place, I think, yeah. as well, and and it's also my uh, my um, my my modus operandi is to want the best best for Aston Villa, and on a Wednesday when Villa are playing on a Saturday, I don't want Steven Gerrard to be in the cop. I want him to be at home watching Southampton so that we can beat Southampton yes. or whoever we're playing. You know, 100%. that's just my mo. Yeah, and like and Una, I, Una Emery, I, sorry, sorry, you know, because I'm in a bit of one here. Una Emery owns. Real Union. We won't see Una Emery. Well, actually, no, I shouldn't say that because the one time we do that, everyone go, why don't you hate him, Neil, for being off at Real Union Stadium? But then again, they're in a completely different league to us and they're a completely yeah. different stature to us and stuff like that. So, but what I'm saying is that, like, he's not, he, he doesn't put himself out there as an ambassador for them within England to be in the English game and, and the English game want to talk to him. Like, he was doing interviews about Liverpool before those Liverpool games, when he was at them as manager of Aston Villa. Yeah. That's the thing. Absolutely. And and that was, uh, I can't remember the exact scenario, but Liverpool were playing a Champions League game. He was there while our next opponents were playing a league game. Was it Liverpool for, Rangers, Paddy? Liverpool Rangers. No. Yeah. It could have been. Was it Liverpool, Liverpool yeah, Rangers? I think it was. Yeah. I think it was, yeah. And my my opinion was that, say it was Fulham, I can't remember who it was. We were due to play a team at the weekend and they played midweek and that's where he should have been. He should have been there looking at them inside out, in in the flesh, in 3D, but he was at Anfield. And that was a turning point. I can't remember who who it was that we were playing on the the Saturday, but he was definitely at the Liverpool game and I I was annoyed at that. And I I don't know whether I said that. We played Fulham on a Wednesday or Thursday, if I remember rightly. Um, Yeah, Fulham was a midweek fixture, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, other games as well that spring to mind, Paddy. I think that we should discuss over the last because we are doing a year review. I forget that sometimes. Um, we are doing. I was pretty miffed at the Crystal Palace game. Remember, we went through that that portion of the start of the season where we scored a goal, we conceded the goal straight away. 
an incredibly frustrating part of the season. We'd only scored like six goals uh, after six games or whatever. I can't remember when the, when the Crystal Palace uh, game was. I'm just checking it up here. It was actually a third game. We lost 3-1. Um, but if I'm not mistaken, in that game, we scored and we conceded almost directly afterwards. Uh, yes, Ollie Watkins scored in the fifth minute. We conceded in the seventh minute to Wilfred Zaha. Against Everton, we did the exact same thing. We score. We conceded almost straight away with that that back post on goal from Luca Dean, which you couldn't do much but much about. Incredibly frustrating period as an, as an Aston Villa fan, and I think that game deserves a small bit of bit of conversation because that was the game for me. Three games in, after what could have been described as a pretty positive off season from a PR point of view, that was the game I think for me where I looked at it and I went. Things aren't rosy and things won't be rosy for a while if this guy stays here in that game because we were completely played off the park and we had no answer to anything Mm -hmm. in that game. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Fair enough. There was, like, like that game was Eze and, um, what's his name? The other lad. And, and uh, when he came on, Olise, um, they had their way with us, really. You know, and 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 what you call him, Mateta comes on in the seventieth minute, I think, if I'm not mistaken, or he comes on. It could have been eighty minute, could have been eighty fifth minute, I don't know. But he comes on, he scores straight away after he comes on. Like that, that lack of, that lack of concentration, that lack of organisation, that lack of anything back then. And I was very critical of Kanza for the first couple of games of the season. Um, but I must say that new coaching has given him a small bit of a lease of life. I'm just not sure he is the guy to bring us to where we need to be. Um, I'm happy with him, obviously, as we are. And I know himself and Mings are beginning are, are beginning to get back that cohesion in their partnership. Um, but upgrades, I, I would be okay with upgrades uh, at centre-half or an, an upgrade, should I say, at centre-half. And I think when Diego Carlos comes back, he probably moves to the right-hand side and uh, and, and, and Tyro, beside Tyrone Mings. Um, no, like as I say, as Ukanza has done a lot to come back in, and 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 he's he's progressed as a player over the last few weeks. But that was one of the games, and those first few games, I thought that he was pretty shaky. And I remember mm. coming away from that game, going, "Damn, why did we lose Diego Carlos uh, to that in in like the ninety seventh minute against against Everton to an Achilles injury?" But he's back in his way, and it looks like he's back. He's going to be, but he's back in training. I don't know is he back in the, on the field yet. I hope one of the one of the um, reporters asks Unai that question soon. Uh, mm-hmm. Is he back on the field? Is he back on? The I don't grass? think he. I don't think he is back on grass at all. But he, I think it was mid February was training. the date. I think. Yeah, that that Crystal Palace game was pretty frustrating, and they they the narrow one ruled out for offside as well. So it, it could have been a whole lot worse. And as you say, Mateta, come on. He actually came on the seventieth minute and scored in the seventy first. <laughs> Crazy stuff. But anyway, yeah. Other games. Uh, another game. Actually, I think that uh, I enjoyed. Uh, I enjoyed a good bit. Most of them look as I say. Um, I enjoyed the first half against Chelsea. First half against Chelsea, we played some really good stuff. I thought, like we peppered their goal. 
and 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 we were the better team. But then the second half we capitulated, and I think over over Steven Gerrard's uh, tenure as manager, that was that's the story of his tenure. It was mm. one foot in, one foot out all the time. Never really put ninety minutes together apart from against Southampton last season against uh, against Man City or against uh, Leeds. We had games where we played sublimely brilliantly. First half against Man City, first 60 minutes against Man City, the last game of the season last year was brilliant. Like, unbelievable. Coutinho looked like Ballon d'Or standard again. He was outstanding. Last 20 minutes just were steep. Were, were that, like, and that's what, what fans remember. And unfortunately, that's like that. That's going to probably be the epitaph of Aston at Aston Villa for Steven Gerrard, and, and specifically for the first half of the season was they could never string ninety minutes together. And when we did, it was dour, stifling football with very little invention and yeah. certainly no idea what the hell was going on in the field. And I think the players would admit that as much as the fans would. What the one think, thing, Paddy, the one you? thing I will say, at at the risk of me sounding very, very salty and giving out about Gerrard all along. I would like to say thank you, Stephen Jarrod, because the one legacy you've left is Bubakar Kamara. Yes, and I think I think for me, if we were to pick out somebody who has been absolutely head and shoulders above everybody on the pitch, has been Bubakar Kamara. He's an absolute joy to watch. Mm. We've talked we've talked about it so many times. There's, I'm sure there's clubs all around Europe going, "How the hell did Aston Villa get him?" And I've no doubt in my mind that Stephen Gerrard was very influential in that conversation. But he's our player. So for that much, we will thank Stephen Gerrard for that. And one. you know what? I, I do you know what? Stephen Gerrard, the man, comes across like uh, maybe a very lovely person. And I actually believe that he is because that video that they did when Bubakar Kamara, Kamara came in with his father, and the and Stephen Gerrard was delighted to see him and he goes, Where's your dad? I want to see him. Where's your family? I found yeah. that quite endearing. And at the time it at the time it actually melted my heart because look. God, bless, God willing, next year when I get signed to a Premier League football team, I hope that they show me that respect and that grace. Yeah, um, you know, to come and, and look he, for my father when I get signed as well. He and, did keep he did keep a lot of things very personal. There was a lot of meetings held in people's kitchens and his own kitchen. And I stuff was like going to bring that up there as well. I don't know yeah. whether we could bring up the name that was uh, that, we, <laughs> that was mentioned, but uh, the name we missed out on Neil is it? Let's just say I really liked. <laughs> I was really happy with the name, <laughs> uh, but look, Selavi, and yeah. it didn't happen. But uh, I. And, and you know, you mentioned that, like, how the hell did Aston Villa sign sign this guy? That's good. That's good because we should be signing those guys. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no reason. You look back at the history of this club, and I know history only that, like, realistically, history only lasts 18 months nowadays in football. Um, yeah. Because, it, like, you see, Chelsea, Chelsea bought a fella this year, this week, week for 88 million. He's the ones of 50 games played, you know? A meaningful game's yeah. played. And, and, and look, is he good? Yeah, he's good. But I kind of want to see a sample set. And, you know, if you look at a sample set of Aston Villa, where we were before a relegation and mainstay in the Premier League, we'd won trophy after trophy after trophy. Yes, we probably haven't been very good since the mid-90s, but Liverpool weren't either. And now all of a sudden, Liverpool are able to sign players. So what I'm saying is that, you know, and it probably brings a full circle with regards to this, to this uh, year's review for me, anyway, Paddy. I know that you probably have a couple more things to say, but um, Unai Emery is hopefully going to be that person that squares the circle here for Aston Villa and brings a modicum of like like <clears throat> Aston Villa have won tons more than or Aston Villa Aston Villa have won more meaningful things I think than than the likes of Spurs. Maybe we haven't won won them as recently. Things like the FA Cup and so on. 
But there's no reason that we shouldn't be batting in the same at the same average as Spurs. And with Spurs, with Spurs, like like the big catalyst for Spurs was getting in Edgar Davids. Edgar Davids led to the likes of Van der Vaart, led to the likes of Luka Modric, led to the likes of X, Y, and Z. They they caught lightning in a bottle with Bale. I I, I firmly believe they got they got they fluked it out of it with Bale. A fair play to them. <laughs> they took a chance. Because I'll tell, tell you a funny story about Gareth Bale. Do back in uh, Shelburne back, and Lone. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure I've told on the podcast before that when I was coaching, I used to sit beside the opp- opposition's bench. You know where those empty seats you see now are, yeah. are there a kickoff for where all the 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 people sit, um, because there's so many different people on a match day looking after nutrition and physios and all that kind of stuff yeah we used to be able to buy those seats and one day i bought those seats and harry redknapp was the manager and gareth bale sat beside me he wasn't even in the the match day squad and he sat there with his headphones but he came out after half time and he was eating something and he was talking to the guy in front and talking to me and he, he looked at me and went she's never gonna fucking play me <laughs> exact words he said um and it was just it's mind-blowing to see what, what Gareth Bale become, became, e- even even though Harry Redknapp didn't, <laughs> didn't yeah. just didn't do it for him, you know? So it's it's a mad game when you have that. And and that, that's always what I say about my fear about players leaving, like Jor- Jordan Veritu went on, had a really good career. Um, Morgan Sanson, if he left, that, that was my worry about him. Relegation, I think, killed that as well. Oh, yeah. Morgan, Morgan Sanson will not have the career that Jordan Veritu mm. did. I, I'm but gonna th- stake my, my left arm on that. Yeah. But I think if, if what if we design Bubakar Kamara now, given the trajectory we're on under Emery, it'd be understandable. But we were mediocre. We we were just hanging in there under Gerard. Good point. And he, he he managed to get him to come. So now people are coming into the, to this team, you know, there's talk of Gwendozi obviously this week. The likes of Gwendozi's going, hang on a minute, I can go to Aston Villa and play with Bubakar Kamara again. I, I can go and play with a few world-class players in there. Diego Carlos is there. Emmy mm. Martinez, arguably the best goalkeeper in the world, is there. You know, there's attractive, it's an attractive world. proposition to come to Aston Villa. So I think we have to strike while the iron's hot and get these players in now rather than worrying about it in in, in the summer. As you say, if Chelsea, Chelsea can go and absolutely blow people out of the water for signings. Why can't we? Because, you know... Does financial play, fair play exist? Oh, but you, don't be, you can't be robbing my line. The financial fair play is a myth. It's a myth. It's now it, it, it is a structure. It's a structure I was in, I was in favour of because I thought it would allow us to be able to to, well, to catch up the way. You're supposed to be able to catch up. You're supposed to give other people a chance, but it doesn't. It doesn't. It's not. It's, it's it's not fair and it's not feasible. Like you you've got Manchester City who were spending that kind of money when they couldn't sell all their tickets. It's it's outrageous. Like. So um, and when you che- Chelsea, so the big thing here is, sorry. I read somewhere that Chelsea have spent half a billion. They've spent over half a billion, and mm. want to spend more on Noni Maduke, and they want to spend potentially on someone else linked to them today. It's a joke. It's an actual joke. Like you look at their left back situation at the moment, sixty three million, potentially sixty three million on Kukurea. Like the lad's useless. I'm going to be honest with you, guys. I cannot see it. Other than the floppy hair, I won't go in him. The boy can't defend. 
useless. Um, you've got Ben Chilwell, who's injured at the moment. Um, they're talking about signing another left back to come in there as well. Plus, they've got this academy f- stacked with stars. They can't get, can't get games. Hudson and mm-hmm. free transfer this season. By the way, if you're listening, Johan Langer, why not sign Hudson and 22 years of age. There's your winger. You know, um, like th- things like that. This guy that they're bringing in at the moment, Lewis Hall, they're bringing him in. They're giving him left back, left back minutes. The second Ben Chilwell is back. Where's that? Go- where's that going to be? Levi Colwell out on loan, playing brilliant stuff. Brilliant, like literally would, like definitely going to be an England player without a shadow of doubt. Going to be an England player. Just brilliant. It just irks me. It really irks me that they, they did this whole thing on their Abramovich where they bought up every young player going and brought him into their squad at 16, 15, 16, into, into their academy and never used them. And now what they're doing is, under Bowley, is they're buying up every 23, 24, 25-year-old and bringing mm. them into their into their squad into their, their squad now. So what they've done is they've fluffed both squads. They're going to come up against it from the 25-man squad rule, I hope. I hope there has to be some sort of rule can, that does it. can't fit everybody in. But the thing for me, Paddy, though, is that the financial fair play, you're dead right. What the, I, I've, I've been saying this off microphone for for a good while. Why don't why doesn't a mid-table team take a chance and sign like Forrest? Forrest should have done this. Forrest should have done what, what, what Chelsea are doing. They should have bought their 21 players in and given them fucking seven and eight year deals and had a ton of money to spend afterwards. You know, it would have balanced out the books essentially. Now, obviously, with Forrest, they're in a bit, they're in a spot of difficulty at the moment. None of those signings worked out. But if you bring in twenty-one signings, what you expect or whatever they brought in, yeah. But for for a team like Aston Villa, we should be able to go out and and and, and a summer transfer window, sign five players for big money, put them on big contracts, and amortize it across 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 the life of those contracts, like Bubakar Kamara's. Go out there and horse money at at free agents. Horse it at him. But like the bottom say, line, okay, the bottom well, line is, we, it's, go. it's going to take someone of the caliber of us to try and push on into that. Like, Spurs have threatened to do it so many times. They just haven't bought that quality of player. We need we need to be, you know, eating at that table as far as I'm concerned. You know, imagine being a fan of the likes of Berry or our neighbours across the city who yeah. got deducted points. Berry gone out of an, out of existence. And I know they're, I know going back, back to the Everton... Going back to Everton, ben, Bill Kenwright wanted to give them a, 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 yeah. a million to keep them yeah. keep them safe, and never wanted it back. And he was refused under the law, whereby he can't have two clubs. He would have been considered a buying of the club and not a gift. They act, he actually said he wanted it to be a gift uh, yeah. to a charity that would then pay it to Bury. And the football league said no, and that made Bury go out of business. And that's wrong. Yeah. That's absolutely wrong. But when you when you consider. You you wouldn't even buy a toenail of the players that are, that are being bought by Chelsea at the moment, and that would have saved saved Barry the money that was spent by Birmingham City when they got their deduction. That wouldn't have even saved Barry. Do you know what I mean? It's it's just yeah. it's wrong on so many levels. There's no way anybody is catching up because the big can just get bigger. They can spend what they like. Manchester City get a European ban. What they do? Throw money at it. Go to arbitration for sports overturned. So I think I think that was the one that said to me that this doesn't really exist at this level and it's time for us to push on. It just doesn't. And Sarko, I, I completely understand that. My example was sat- satirical, I suppose, at best and, mm. and, and flimsy at worst. But um, 
In fairness, the Forest have had a good run of results now, and they're they're into the semi final of the cup, and you know they, they have. They, but I think they'll have enough to get out of that. I don't think I don't I don't think they'll go down. I think there's, there's worse teams there. But uh, they're kind of up shit creek at the moment, though, because they need to. They like like they're they're like Barcelona. They're they'll come at like like Emmanuel Dennis. They're kind of half hoping Watford come back in and buy him for seventy percent of what 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 <laughs> what you know. And yeah. Nottingham Forest bought him for because they're going to get into the situation here, like with those the, the multitude of players that they bought. That you can't move them because they can only play for a certain amount of teams every year, you know. And 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 you know, you play with fire, you're going to get burned in that aspect. You really do. And um, they've done something that's never been done. We were cast together for a Fulham. We're cast together for it. We only signed like what was it nine players? I think that that off season. Yeah. 23 plus a couple in this window already, is that correct? Uh, yes, they brought in that guy from um, Brazil and maybe someone else. I don't know. Mm. And Dean Henderson is injured and they're talking about maybe signing another goalkeeper. <laughs> well, Dean Henderson is injured. like, But that that's where it goes. That's, mm. The squad becomes becomes uneven. And, and like they, 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 they signed Emmanuel Dennis and they're looking to pawn him off now again. Who's going to do like, that? Would you like? Would you have taken him in the summer? I I probably would have taken him in the summer for the right price. Yeah, but you just but, never know how. Like we we've seen a multitude of players come through the door that haven't lived up to their expectation right. or promise. So these, these things spot. happen. It's, it's, it's not it's not just Nats Forest that have done it. We've 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 squandered That's a lot of money. Yeah. So look, I, it's not a Nottingham Forest podcast. It's not the Villa podcast. We're we're in a good place. We're at the halfway point. The most important thing is. I think everybody is happy with where we're at. How yeah. could we not be given the start that Unai Emery has had? Take out, take out those two, um, two cup results. Take out that first half nice performance yeah. against Wolves. You know, big decisions were made in that Wolves match as well, which which gave us a chance of getting something out of it. You have to admire the man. I think he, I think he's he's ballsy. I think he, he he lives by the sword and dies by the sword. He makes decisions, and. You know, I trust him. And to be fair, you go back a year and we ju- we, we, we we said we'd trust Gerrard until he proved otherwise. We have to be that way with the manager now. Um, I'd say he hurt a little bit, been booed off against Wolves at halftime. I'd say that's eaten away at him a little bit. Um, so there's there's a lot to play for. There's, there's, there's going to be more players coming through the door. Absolutely. And I, I think the future is bright. And I think we uh, if we could just increase the atmosphere... And another octave within the stadium, I think it'd be much, much better place to be. Well, Paddy, look, if you just went over every week, it's your fault. It's 100% <laughs> your fault. Like, I've said it. <laughs> said it in the podcast before. It's your fault. Um, well, my next yeah. two ga- my next two games are Man City and Arsenal. So <laughs> if if that works out well, I think we, we'll have a pretty good season. Man City and Arsenal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I suppose, spoiler alert for everybody. I'm looking at... Uh, I'm looking at a couple of games. Um, Paddy's weekend. I'm looking at getting over for Paddy's weekend if I can. Uh, I've I've a very like my my schedule is is incredibly fluid. Like so, it's it uh, and sorry that that came across as being very boasty. No, it's very fluid from for a different point of view. But um, yeah, potentially Bournemouth or potentially um, I resume Forest. Uh, they're the two games I'm looking at going to. I'm potentially both. Mm. Who, knows? Who knows? Who knows what would happen? 
But uh, we'll 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 see what the story is. It could and, be like and a shout a shout out for anybody who's around Birmingham on St Patrick's weekend. The legend that is on Paul McGrath. McGrath yes. is going to be on the Thursday night, sixteenth in St Pat's in Digbeth. If someone wants to check out their socials, you can find out how to buy the tickets there. And then you've got St Patrick's Day on the Friday, and then the match potentially on the Saturday. Then sounds like a nice weekend. Yeah, um, I did have someone I wanted to say say hello to. Phil Petty, when I get up, uh, I for anybody who contacts me on Facebook, I do apologize. I, I just try not try my best not to use that app as much. But if anybody wants to come on, contact me on Twitter, I always use that app. So, uh, <laughs> so, so, so that's all good. Um, yes, I wanted to say, um, I wanted to say hello to to um, to both Charlie Palmer and Harry Palmer, uh, and Stuart Palmer as well. Uh, the two guys were uh, ball boys at the FA Cup youth game today against Southampton. And I just want to Excellent. say, fair play, you know. Um, Charlie plays, uh, plays, uh, for for the club, uh, uh, as well. And uh, you know, I just want to say hello to those guys too. Uh, so so great stuff. Um, and Charlie, that. I know has has been in contact with us for a lot over yes. the, the last and couple Stuart, of years. Yeah, Stuart. And uh, it's it's nice to see them having a, a day out like that today. And um. I apologise to everybody on the podcast that follows me on Facebook because I've deleted it completely and I'm no longer on it. So I, I, I think I just went without telling anybody. So if, someone's if anybody wants it's to great. run the For the Love of Pomegranate Facebook and Instagram account, <laughs> it's all yours. All it's, yours. Instagram is fine. Facebook is just toxic. Can't but Paddy, you're all, running all the fucking yet. Instagram account from here on in because... <laughs> There's only so many times I can be say, sold a terror gun. Boom, 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 boom. I've no interest in buying a terror gun. If anybody from out, out there works with Instagram, can you please just turn off those terror gun uh, ads and, you know, and, and athletic greens? We can't even get athletic greens here in Ireland, by the way. We can't get it. Our HelloFresh. I don't think we can get a HelloFresh here either. I really don't want to be sold things I can't get. Plus, do I look like a fellow to order HelloFresh? Come on, I'm 37 with a grey beard. Get out of it. Stop Instagram. Yeah, well, Stop. I, I have to. I have to say that I, I think the Instagram ads work very well because they keep telling me I need a hair transplant. So uh, <laughs> they've obviously been doing some work. On it. Well, there's our next Twitter poll. <laughs> our first Twitter poll. <laughs> right. Uh, we're talking anyway, we've got completely nonsense here now. Nonsense, yeah. And Scott Taggart has said stadium plans have to be one of the major highlights of the year so far. Yes. 100%. Oh, I'd, I'd say they're oh, second only to the Inner City uh, Academy. Inner City Academy, I think, will pay for itself a yeah. million times fold. And we'll, um, well, we'll couple all them in together, I suppose, because it's all part yeah. of the same Infra- plan. Infrastructural yeah. upgrades, let's call them. Infrastructural upgrades, so. Let's call them, yeah. Let's call them that. And look, I suppose, um, maybe, maybe in a couple of weeks' time, we could be talking about. Do you know what was a, our, our at the end of the year? We said, do you know what was a massive highlight of the year, Paddy? The self-pouring taps, um, at the ground. So there's uh, at half time. I went up and I got my, I got a pint off one of the self-pouring taps. Um, maybe I'm that might be a massive highlight when I when I get over again. <laughs> I'm looking forward to bringing my hacker five thousand and hacking into it and getting a lot of free points. That's what I'm looking forward. To. <laughs> I don't have a hacker five thousand. I don't even know if there is a hacker five thousand, but I imagine you could hack into the system and hack it somewhere that you could get a lot of free points. And um, not, 
Nobody should do it, just like you should bet responsibly. Nobody should do that. You should always drink responsibly. And you should always hack responsibly as well. If you're going to hack something, don't hack your own. Don't not hack Aston Villa. Jesus, do not hack Aston Villa. Why won't I shut up talking? Stop hacking Aston Villa. All of you out there that are watching the podcast, please don't do it. You're only you're only hurting everybody else. Um, right on that note, Paddy, it's uh, half past ten, and uh, this has been good crack. And we're, we're probably actually going to be back tomorrow with a. Are you available tomorrow, Paddy? Post production meeting. <laughs> maybe tomorrow, maybe Thursday. <laughs> maybe tomorrow, maybe Thursday. We're going to be back at some stage anyway with a um, a preview of the Southampton game at the weekend. Um, I think actually maybe Thursday might be better because I think there's a couple of outstanding injury issues. Like, just it, it, I haven't seen anything in Ollie Watkins, Paddy. Have you seen it? Not a thing. Not a thing. Yeah, but has anybody out there seen anything on Ali Watkins? I haven't seen anything at all. Um, Matty Cash, as well as another person, I think. Oh, thank you so much. Where did that come from? Matt put that in before we started because he didn't think he'd be out of his meeting to come on the, the live. Oh, Jesus, I completely forgot that. Matt, thank you so much. <laughs> I appreciate that, Matt. Thank you so much. And thanks to Ken. Thank you as well, Ken. Really Cheers, appreciate Ken. that. Um, I have, yeah, my, my equipment should be back very, very soon. I've got some good news that my equipment can actually be fixed, so I should be back very, very soon, which is delightful for me. Um, the only thing that can't, couldn't be fixed was the microphone, but it, it's okay. We'll we'll work it out the microphone. It'll be all right. Um, but anyway, Aston Villa versus Southampton. We'll be back during the week with that. Thank you so much, everybody, for watching. Thank you so much to everybody who listened back to this afterwards and didn't watch it live. That's okay, too. We still love you, too. Um, Paddy, have you anything to say before we go? No, all good. Excellent. Well, everybody, enjoy the rest of your night. It's half past 10 here in GMT. Um, I hope you enjoy the rest of your night and uh, we'll be back very soon. And I, I, st- I still sniff another signing, Paddy, if there is another signing or another another link. I'm actually going to do a Jared Delafeo podcast tomorrow. Okay, right. I'm going to commit to doing it right now tonight. I'm going to commit to doing a Jared Delafeo podcast. Going, it's not going away. I can't see it, but it's not going away. It's not going away, but I'm going to do it because uh, the reason I want to do it is because I just I just think that he's uh, the more I look at him, the more I think that he fits what Una Emery wants, and mm. uh, he's probably a better option than than Juma. And I just said that out loud. Um, but anyway, tune into the podcast tomorrow when I do do that. But uh, until then, everybody stay safe, stay healthy. Thanks, William, for watching. And all that's left to say is up the villa, up the villa. Podcast Network.